You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Arrowhead Pride Wednesday show. My name is Pete Sweeney, of course, joined by the player, Sean Barber. Sean, had a little break. It's a little colder in Kansas City, a little nipply. How you doing? Uh, doing fine, man. You know, make, you know, make an adjustment from the East Coast, Richmond, Virginia, to uh, here in the Midwest. Uh, sometimes when it, uh, that temperature turns, it turns for the worst. And here in Kansas City, I think it's time to cut those ACs off and Cut that, that I'm like a, I'm a 50 degree guy. Oh you keep goodness. it above 50. No, you good lost to me. go. You lost me if about I, 20 degrees ago. If you go under 50 degrees, I don't want to leave the house. <laughs> well, I was telling you earlier about uh, about some of the days when we played. How we would uh, as a, as a group of LBCs, that's the linebacking crew. Uh, we would look forward to to snow days. We would look forward to having days where schools are closed and you don't got to take your kids to school. We would actually get you know we would get to we would get to work a little bit early about 20, 30 minutes early just to turn the parking lot into a, like, crash derby type, uh, rooting type of experiment, man. We have cars going in every direction, doing donuts. That's how you do them donuts around there. Sounds sounds very safe. It was very unsafe, but we would put helmets on. That's another use for an NFL helmet. You guys back in the 90s and oh. 2000s are crazy. <laughs> Dinosaurs. All right, well, let's get into what's happening with the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, still 5-2. and two have all the control of the division, but on that two-game losing streak. So they do need to turn things around starting Monday night. Normally, this is a Tuesday show, but because of the later day this week, we're doing it on Wednesday. Big thing you got to talk about right now, the savior. Who thought we'd be calling this guy the savior of the Chiefs, but Steve Nelson looks to be coming back on Monday Night Football? Well, I know people have described our, our secondary as almost like Swiss cheese. And so uh, he's going to be a plugger. He's going to be a not guy. the type you put on your roast beef sandwich. No, not the good type. The type that uh, gives up three, four, three or four hundred yards in the air every game. But Steve Nelson is going to be—he's going to be looked at to come in and really um, shore up that nickel position, maybe help push, um, push Gaines to play a little bit better and push guys to, you know, uh, fight for some playing time. I think it's interesting to see what the Chiefs wind up doing with them, and a lot of it is too how ready is he? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times they'll ease guys in. But if you remember during training camp, he was more of a slot guy where Terrence Mitchell was going to be the cornerback anyway. So I'm cautioning fans on thinking this could completely fix the secondary. We'll get into more of that a little bit later. But either way, God, good to have Steve Nelson back. Yeah, I think he, he, he comes back, um, like you're saying, in that third down, um, you know, playing against that slot. What he's going to do is allow um, Philip Gaines to kind of go push Mitchell to be that number two corner. If those two guys are pushing for that position – where Nelson comes in and be your third, you know, slot. It allows those two guys just to focus on being that that other corner opposite Peters. 
And series to series, depending on you know how each guy's playing that game, you can let the, the whoever's playing the best of that that you know on on that Sunday can go out and play. Yeah, and, and I think it takes a little bit of pressure off of gains, which is what you what you want right now. Want to get into another storyline we're going to be talking about for Monday night, and we we will have the preview show this Friday, but just. It's a big it's a big deal. Jamal Charles will be returning to Arrowhead Stadium. You know, you were a guy who was drafted by the Washington Redskins. What is that feeling like when you're playing the Redskins for the first time? Man, I had an opportunity to leave the Redskins, go to the Eagles, and then knowing I was going to play my old team twice. Same thing, really, as Jamal uh, Charles as a, on Monday. As a, as a starting wheel linebacker and being a part of an aggressive defense um, in Philly, and then going back, you know, having a chance to get back in that old stadium and play against some of those old guys, Stephen Davises and some of the old Redskins guys. Now, I mean, I was so hyped, man. I was so excited about having You think Jamal Charles will be juiced? I mean, I think he'll be out of this world juiced. You know, getting back, a lot of his old fans, you're going to see some Jamal Charles jerseys out there. Sure. Uh, him being a member of my church, we have a, a whole congregation of Jamal Charles fans that are still rooting for him to this day. And so to be able to come back in Kansas City and um, be, just be around that, that, that fan base again, um, I, I bet to almost think we have more fans of his here in Kansas City than he does in Denver right now. Oh, no doubt. I mean, he's, he's a backup in Denver. He was the guy here in Kansas City. How do you think fans will respond to Jamal? Oh, staying in ovation. Uh, all-time leading rusher here in KC. He set the mark. I think no one really thought anybody was going to break Priest Holmes' record. Yeah. And then for Jamal Charles to, to just, I mean, kind of give Kansas City as everything. Um, being a smaller back, but playing like, you know, he played like such a bigger impact on the, on the game. Just so many amazing plays. To, I know multiple touchdown game against Oakland when they couldn't stop him on the screen, screen after screen after screen, kept scoring. So the memory of him taking all those screens for touchdowns, man, they just kind of, when he comes back to the stadium, I think that's going to relive and be replayed in fans' eyes. Yeah, if I'm watching this game as a fan, I, I, got, I think I got to take this approach. Before the game, he's Jamal Charles. He's, he's that hero you watched from the beginning of his career. Once the whistle blows, he's the enemy. It doesn't, if he's rushing the ball, you boo him. I think if you look back at how uh, Derek Johnson treated Jamal at the Pro Bowl, you remember when they went to the Pro Bowl <laughs> together and they were right, picked on different deal. sides? And, and at that point, you'd be like, okay, listen, DJ, chill a little bit. <laughs> Dude, this is our running back. But did you hear what DJ said after the game? He was like, man, yeah, we're teammates. But then when we started, he was on the red team. I was on the blue team. Like, I mean, that's all it – when you're a football player and you're playing football, you don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't take it easy because the person has the same – no, it's like – you're a running back. I'm a linebacker. Yeah. I hit running backs. That's what I do for a living. So, Well, Derek Johnson will get a chance to hit Jamal Charles on Monday night. So now that we've entered this mini-buy, we got the buy coming in a couple weeks, but we've entered a mini-buy. Chiefs have gone through seven games. We're going to do a quick review of what we've learned about this team, uh, both on the offensive side and the defensive side of the ball. So we'll start with offense, and I'll turn to you first before I give my thoughts. Just some quick thoughts about what you've learned through these first seven games about the Chiefs. Well, I mean, starting the season, I think I was very, very uh, pleasantly surprised about how creative our offense is. You know, seeing the uh, the, the screen game and the um, you know misdirections and the jet sweeps and the shovel passes. Master that, Andy. <laughs> I mean, he he almost re, re like reinvented what. Um, pro teams are attacking you, especially in the red zone. Took it back to college. Took a lot of, uh, yeah, took a lot of plays out of the college playbook. But you don't see those 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 type of plays being um, executed um, at the NFL on a week to week basis. So the one that stands out is the shovel pass to Travis Kelsey yeah. that really won the game against the Eagles. And so many different options off of that that motion, right? When he comes back for that that shovel pass, it's still an option to pitch out, it's an option to pass, option to run. 
you know, that, 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 that screen option. There's so many things you can do out of that set. I mean, he really kind of set defenses back on their heels. And I think it took defenses about seven weeks to kind of catch up with it. And now they've kind of caught up. So it's kind of time to kind of reinvent yourself again on offense. But that's the perfect time to give Andy those four extra days. I mean, you've seen his record ridiculous after the bye week. This is another four extra days. I mean, I, I feel bad in the sense for the Denver Broncos that they've kind of been dealt this because guess what? Like, for the for the idea that the Broncos could even have a chance at winning on Monday night with this four extra days for Andy, I, I just don't see it. Well, the Denver Broncos defense is still the number one in the league. I mean, even though their record doesn't show it, defensively they're playing lights out. They're doing a great job of using uh, Vaughn Miller. Obviously, is playing at a Pro Bowl level. Uh, their secondary is covering everybody. Um, you just got to you got to find a way to get them displaced. You got to get them off their focus, off their keys. And that's one thing you said with those four extra days. I expect to see a lot of shifts in motions that we haven't seen before. The beautiful mind of Andy Reid. And <laughs> what else for you on offense for these first seven games? Well, you know, the emergence of Harris. Um, he started off the season, the first couple of games, kind of um, kind of wowing us, kind of that X factor. And then he kind of quieted off the last few weeks. So I want, I want kind of Harris to kind of be a little bit more consistent. Him and Ross Travis kind of, if you're going to be part of this game playing week in and week out, let's make sure that you, you know, have some kind of impact on the game each and every week. And then the third, you know, whoever's that third wide out, you know, due, due, due to injury, we've had some other guys step up as a third wide out. It's the emergence of Mr. Robinson. It's Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. <laughs> honey, honey, honey butter. Is he going to wear a, a red sweater and take off his shoes in front of the I TV? mean, he might, he might need to, you know, play Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. I think it was Honey, honey Butter, Honey Butter 14 is his, <laughs> is his handle. Honey Thunder. Honey Thunder. Oh, my bad. If you could tell me what Honey Thunder is. I can't tell bucks. you. Ten Can't, can't tell right. you right well, now. Okay. Um, but the, his emergence and showing, showing how he's able and capable of stepping up to that third wide out position has been very, very uh, pleasant, pleasant surprise for me for the first seven weeks. Yeah, I think just some other points for me on offense is we learned maybe a lot quicker than we thought that, yes, Alex Smith is capable of winning a Super Bowl. I think that's been shut down. You know, that, that debate is, is pretty clear. He's leading the NFL as far as the ratio goes. No interceptions through seven games, the 15 touchdowns. Alex Smith, and, you know, a lot of people say he's, he's just been doing the same thing he has in previous years. I still disagree with that. I think there's a little bit more of an edge to his game with the kid chasing that job behind him. And I also, I think the obvious one is I'm now comfortable saying through seven games, and this is the perfect time to say with Jamal Charles coming into town, that we have found Jamal Charles's replacement. I'm comfortable saying after seven games that Kareem Hunt will be your running back for the next five to ten years. I mean, depending, of course, you never know what the running back, but as long as he can stay healthy, this guy's the real deal. Yeah, I think before, before Ware got hurt, it was this thought that we were going to have to replace him like a three-headed monster, right? A backfield by committee. But you know what? Like even in the days of Spencer Ware and Sharkandrick West, as, although they were like fill-ins, you didn't. I don't think you ever truly got the feeling like these are the guys. No, you never felt like either one could be an elite running back. You felt like the, together they give you good role players, yeah, great role players, great you know able to you know help in on special teams. But you still were looking for a. You're always looking for an elite running back. You're always looking for somebody who can be a three-down running back. Go like saying, go for 150 yards from scrimmage every game. Something that like a bell cow. That's something Andy has always had back in the days of Philly with Deuce Staley and uh, having a uh, Brian Westbrook and you know number of running backs. He's always liked to have that running back that can play every down. Yeah, and and I think like I said, I think he's got it. All right, let's flip the switch to the defensive side of the ball. What have you learned about this defense through the seven games? Man, 
the defense is it, it, man. It's been it's been a rocky road because you like to say that you you play winning football and Ben don't break is usually a form, formula for uh, winning football. I think Co- Coach Sutton has done a great job of you know front, when he got here. I think we was like the twenty fifth. 25th overall defense as far as points given up. And we went from 25th to like fifth, and then from fifth to second, from second to seventh. And right now this season, I think we're around 20, 22nd. So that's not really Coach Sutton's, that's not really what, what the type of football he, he, he goes out and coaches. And I think it just pays, you know, it shows that, you know, X's and O's, you still need some Jim's and Joe's. You need some guys out there that are really committed to playing a certain way. And I think that's just, you just got to get back to fundamental football when Coach comes to Coach Sutton's uh, game plan. Yeah, we talk a lot about Andy Reid after these mini buys. I think Coach Sutton is a guy who, after this one, after these extra four days, was not taking as much time off as the other coaches. I mean, he had to be probably trying to figure out, okay, how do we make this defense better? Because it's really been the uh, the problem in these losses. I mean, you saw the loss against the Steelers. Offense was a little bit faulty there, only six yards in the first half, but really it's been the defensive problem. Yeah, you can't. You just can't give up points. You have to keep, you know, if you play that bend-don't-break defense, it's called that for a reason. Once you get, once the team gets across the 50-yard line, you got to be able to make plays. you got to make plays in the fourth quarter. That can, every game, it seems like, no matter who we play, if they throw the ball up, their team is coming down with the ball. You know what the thing is, too, about this defense? And it's, it's been a thing, even, you know, even though we've seen success over the past few years, is the other offense will come out and they'll throw it all over the Chiefs. And then finally the Chiefs will stop them for a field goal. It's always been interesting to me, and I understand there is less field to work with. But you just wish that they were a little bit better on the other side of the 50-yard line. Yeah, definitely. When you talk about turning the field, yeah, offenses have always, no matter where they start the drive at, they're always able to turn the field and make our offense have to go 80 yards to score. Yeah, and we've, you know, credit to our offense, we've been, you know, up to the challenge. Our offense has been very dynamic, especially this year. This year, going long drives and still scoring. But when you talk about championship football, you got to be able to when you get a guy compliments our punter. When we have a punter that can put the ball inside the 20, inside the 10, you want to compliment that and follow it up with a three and out. Yeah. Uh, one, you know, give them one first down, make them punt the ball so you can get the ball around the 40-yard line, go in and score real quick. That's how you really turn the game and, um, and really take advantage of really great field position. Yeah. Another thing about the defense I think that I learned through these first seven games is I'm not in panic mode. I know there's a little bit of panic mode right now in Kansas City. I still think this defense is good enough to make the playoffs and win a division. Now, good enough to win a championship? I don't know. You're probably going to have to beat either the Pittsburgh Steelers or the New England Patriots again. So it remains to be seen. I, I, need to, it, I still need some evidence that says to me, okay, this Chiefs defense can go through a playoffs and win games when it counts because you know better than anyone, playoff football is a different animal. No, definitely. Well, you, you're going to get some teams that can run the football. Power, um, patience, um, different types of running schemes. It seems like everybody's, no matter how they attack us, it's been successful from 20 to 20. And at some point when it comes to the playoffs, you got to be able to hang your head on some type of, like, we stop the run. We get after the quarterback. We, we force you to throw places that you don't want to throw. It's got to be some kind of mantra that as a defense you feel comfortable hanging your head on every week. And I think that's the one thing we're kind of still come searching up, for. Come up with a mantra. What, what, do you, what do you think? Oh, man. I don't know. Uh, Rip their head off. <laughs> I don't know, man. Stop the bleeding, man. Stop the bleeding. Rip their head off and stop the bleeding. Okay, well, there we go. That's exactly what we've seen through these first seven games of the season. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to name five ways for the Chiefs to get back to the Chiefs. Stay with us. 
now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O Rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride podcast. It is the Wednesday show. A little different this week because we're going Monday instead of Sunday. So we have the Wednesday show. We'll have the big preview coming out on Friday afternoon. So make sure you listen to that while you're going through your pumpkin patches with your kids on Saturday. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm here with Sean Barber. And right now, we are going through five ways for the Kansas City Chiefs to get back to being the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm going to start with number five. We're going to go down in importance. So we're going to start with the least important, but still kind of important, and we're going to count down to number one. Number five, I feel like David Letterman right now. <laughs> Wide receiver production needs to be better. I mean, we can start off. It's, it's been obvious here for the last couple of years. I mean, we, we've been successful in offense even when wide receivers won't score touchdowns. So it's not a number one priority. It's not a, 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 a crucial um, aspect that needs to happen, but it's something that makes everything else just go a little smoother. Yeah, and I think it's been weird this year in the fact that Tyreek Hill, although he's technically the number one receiver, hasn't really been a receiver. He's been more of this grand decoy that they'll feature sometimes. I understand he's leading in yards receiving, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. you got to use him. I mean, we've been using him so wisely. I think when you talk about keeping a guy like that healthy, because of his, st- his, his stature and his size, um, you don't really want to, you know, we talk about touches. Him touching the ball 20 times, just leads to him getting injured right. before the season. If he can touch the ball five times and that's be three deep balls and two reverses and a couple times on special teams, I mean, that's, that's a great game where you're able to get the most impact for him, most bang for your butt, gives him that break, that explosion he um, has on every down. And you see even when they fake it, and you've pointed it out to me on film, you get these safeties and these linebackers move slightly, all of a sudden Travis Kelsey's got four yards in front of him, and that turns into like a 25-yard play. Yeah, almost every one of Kareem Hunt's um, breakout runs, the 75-yard run, the 50-yard run, they're all set up with some kind of jet motion, some, 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 some type of decoy by Hill or by 13. D'Anthony. Um, by D'Anthony. Yeah. Um, so that kind of motion, that kind of movement, it always kind of sets the defense a little bit on their toes, and then you're able to hit Hunt right down the middle. To me, it's like Tyreek Hill unlocks – what Kareem Hunt and Travis Kelsey do best. To me, what Kareem Hunt does best is breaks the first tackle. So if you can get Kareem Hunt in a situation where it's a one-on-one in the open field, Kareem Hunt's going to win that nine times out of ten. Travis Kelsey, you give him a little bit of room in the open field, he's the yak man. Yards after the catch, you're going to get 20 yards if you just give him a little room. So if Tyreek and DeAnthony can unlock that, you know, I think that'll be great. And that's why you see you don't see as much wide receiver production, but I still think you need that in order to sort of balance out this offense. Yeah, the production is not going to always be in catches and yards. It's right. going to be just the overall impact on our offense. The number four way for the Kansas City Chiefs to get back to being the Kansas City Chiefs, tackling needs to be better. From a fundamental standpoint, I mean, from, from the D-line to the linebackers to the secondary, the only position that I, I discount tackling is cornerbacks. I don't, I don't need cornerbacks to be impact tackles. I think cornerbacks that tackle too much end up getting injured. You're going like, to get an edible arrangement from Marcus Peters. He's going to love you. <laughs> well, if you, look at, if you look at the Redskins game, Norman, man, he smashed, he, he smashed Kelsey on the crossing route, and then he's been out for two or three weeks. I don't need my corners to hit like that. I need for them to cover, make plays when, it come, when the ball's in the air. Pass breakups. Everybody else on the field needs to be a great tackler. And that's the one thing that I think, I mean, especially in the red zone and the goal line, we're seeing guys – 
a hop tackle, submarine tackle, not use their hands, not wrap up, not run their feet, not using torque and tackle. I mean, these are different things that fundamentally you learn from peewee up. We, 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 you learn how to tackle starting in peewee. You got you to get your position. You got to focus. You got to hit through the, the uh, ball carrier. You got you to shoot your arms, wrap, hold on to something, and torque your body and tackle them. We're not seeing that at all. I'm feeling some passion. <laughs> feeling some passion from you. Okay, number three. The number three way for the Chiefs to get back to being the Chiefs, get healthy along that offensive line, man. When that offense had that starting offensive line, they were pretty dang good. Well, you spoke of it. I mean, Mitch and um, L- LDT, I always mess with his name, but having those two guys out, it hasn't really affected Alex Smith. He's still been very dynamic going downfield. We- we've had, you know, great production in the past. He's He's been see- getting real good protection. But when it comes to that rushing game, early and often, being able to get that rushing game going, man, I think missing those two guys has really affected our Chiefs offensive line when it comes to their rushing. Yeah, and the good thing about the extra four days, and I've been saying it all throughout this podcast, the extra four days, the extra four days, the extra four days, but so big because now those guys get an extra four days of rest. I expect, and this isn't confirmed, but I expect you to have the starting offensive line back for Monday night. And let me say this. I would, I would, I would 100% rather have Mitch and LTD out there, but I want those guys back when they're ready. I don't want I don't want them de- back at seventy five to eighty percent and have them there for two or three weeks. And you're weeks. right too, and that's what the cushion of the five game winning streak provided you is like even if you have to lose another game, mm-hmm. for them to be back a hundred percent, you're still in very good position because if you look at this AFC West division, every team has three losses already. You yeah. still have a, you still have cushion even given the fact that you're on a two game losing streak. Number two way for the Chiefs to get back to being the Chiefs, get Kareem Hunt going early every game in the rushing tack attack and that will create a balance yeah and i think we you know that kind of piggybacks off we just said getting that offensive line healthy increases the running game if we get that running game going early it makes everything open up late in the game the one thing a defense really hates is for a team to run the ball downhill at you yeah flea flickers um gadget plays shovel like those things are nice but it doesn't really insult the defense but when you line up with a fullback right you get sherman back in the backfield and you got three tights and you start doing counter plays and, and, and power of football and, and the defense knows it's coming and they still giving up three and four yards a down. You, <laughs> Bell. It, it gets insulting. It gets yeah, insulting. Yeah. It, it yeah. breaks your will on defense to continue to go. Yeah. And when you talk about the fourth quarter, if you don't have any will to go out there for those last three or four series in the fourth quarter, the other team has already won. I think you're in a situation now where Kareem Hunt might be your most important player, offense or defense. And it's incredible that I'm saying that given the fact that he's a rookie and we expected Spencer Ware to still be starting by this point. You know what I mean? Like he, it came out of nowhere, but you have a much better feel for these games when Kareem Hunt gets going early than when he hasn't been in these past two losses. Yeah. I think what that does show you that not about the personnel, but the position. Right. So it wasn't about having a, a elite guy or elite running back. It's just, we needed that running back position to be crucially important in our offense. It's so important in Andy Reid's offense for that running back position to be something for the opposing defense to worry about. And I don't want to throw it back to the days of Jamal Charles because Andy Reid dealt with it a lot then, but, I mean, Kareem Hunt needs to be touching the ball at least more than 15 times a game. Yeah, and I think it's, it's probably something where they want to keep him under uh, kind of a pitch count. You want to keep him uh, Cause around. Because of, of the college season thing. Yes, right. You don't want him hitting the wall early. So, like I said, if we can keep him kind of what he's got going on right now, which, you know. These past four days, he should have been on one of those motor scooters. I, you know, <laughs> I hope he didn't walk to the grocery store or anything. I think they've been, they've been doing a good job for the first seven games. And I hope 
they, they kind of keep keep that kind of pitch count thing going because when it gets late in the season, man, you got to be able to run the ball to be effective uh, late in the season. All right. Number one, the number one way for the Chiefs to get back to being the Chiefs, the grass is green, the sky is blue, the secondary needs to be better. I think everyone knows it. Yeah, that's not a uh, – that, that, that's, 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 that's a, you know, stating the obvious, right? A blind man can see that we, we need to shore up things in the secondary. But it's not as easy as just bringing personnel in. It's not as easy as, hey, let's trade for somebody. Let's wait, wait, I'll give you some. Let's go get Darrell Rivas. <laughs> I mean, the guys you bring in. It, How about Byron Maxwell? We don't have a lack of talent. We have guys playing with an improper position. You're not using your help. Uh, we, we got a whole player, and then you get beat to the inside. I mean, you beat to the outside. There, there's certain situations where your leverage as a defender, as far as playing the pass coverage, you have to play it a certain way when you're playing underneath with cover two over the top. It's certain things that you have to do to take away certain routes. That's the way the whole defense works. So you're, you're thinking more technique than personnel. Like, oh, definitely. I see that in a lot of fans. Fans are like, you know, bring in this guy, bring in that guy. But you think it's fixable with the current roster. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, in, in some of the flags and some of the penalties we're getting is also, it's just, it's just it's poor technique. It's not that the guys have the – don't have the ability to cover. It's not that they aren't NFL quality players. Obviously, they are, but they just sometimes they get caught with lazy feet. They don't mirror with the right leverage. They don't. They're not working their hands. They're shooting their hands too high, so it gets in people's face. Just little, little like fine tuning. We just need a little fine tuning in the secondary, not an overhaul. Well, listen, there you go. Those are five ways for the Chiefs to get back to being the Chiefs, and I think it's. Just what the doctor ordered for there to be a Monday night game at Arrowhead versus the Denver Broncos. And now this is another opportunity, your third in a row, really, to, to put a team out. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers were kind of reeling. Mm-hmm. The Oakland Raiders were kind of reeling. You failed against those teams. Here's another opportunity to really put the Denver Broncos in a bad situation. Von Miller knows that he said it last week. Look, we're in a bad spot. Now it's time to step on your on the throat. And can you do it? Well, we, we know one thing. On the defensive side of the ball, we're going to see the uh, one of the best defenses there are right now in the NFL. So if our offense can put up 20, 30 points against this defense, then Katie Bar the Gates. It's, 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 it's open season. The Chiefs' offense is going to be one for the ages. Well, we'll get more into the Denver game this coming Friday afternoon. We'll do our flagship show, the Arrowhead Pride Preview Podcast. As for now, hope this uh, whets your appetite, if you will. Stay warm, Kansas City. My name's Pete Sweeney. He's Sean Barber. And this has been the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. we got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking. From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.